Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Tai. Dumb's Hit Music Station, FM 104, Louise Tai here with you. Until one o'clock, I'm now joined on the phone by record producer Philip McGee. Hello. Hello, Louise. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me for the chats. Ah, uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's so, a pleasure. I suppose a lot of people would know you from music behind, like the script and Codeline and Isaac Butler and so many. Yeah, hopefully. So many, but, but yeah. I suppose where did it start for you with with the whole scene? I suppose. It's a it's a long journey. Like I think, like anybody in music, we have a complete passion. Like yourself, mm-hmm. we just love music, and you you kind of fall into what avenue you, you you slip into within the industry. So, as a kid growing up, I wanted to be a rock god. I wanted to be in Nirvana or love Guns N' Roses or Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> so I was playing guitar from a young age, and then I just had a deep love of records, listening to albums, walking to school either on my cassette player or my discman, and that was just my first kind of. Uh, you know, love of like sonically what was going on. So from an early age, I started recording myself. I started connecting video machines together and cassette players to oh, understand wow. how how things uh, layered on top of each other. And uh, so that was that kind of kindled my 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 love of it. And uh, from there, I, I had a great time in school. But I, I quit school quite young and went straight to college to do sound engineering and mm-hmm. music production. And I had a brilliant time there. That was in sound training in Temple Bar. And um, it kind of, I got a really good job straight after that. It's all been a lot of luck, a lot of touching wood. Well, it's and kind it got, of luck and being in the right place at the right time, really, isn't it? So yeah. like you kind of positioned yourself to be in the right room. Perhaps. I, I, I possibly, I like. I think the harder you work, the luckier you are Very as well. True. You know, yeah. you can kind of, you can build up life scratch tickets by working really hard and seeing what reveals itself. So I've been, I did work incredibly hard as a, as a, as a young person. I still work hard now, I think. Well, yeah. I, did, I did work really hard. I think you so, have to, if you kind of want to get to any level, you know, it's part and parcel, really, isn't it? Oh, completely. And yeah. especially in, in media or music, it isn't, we don't have the same, uh, like, welfare laws or mm-hmm. job laws. Like, it's kind of like, it, I, I remember in the first studio I was working in, I was doing 115 hours a week. Wow. And uh, that's what I did. And you don't get paid per hour. You get, like, a salary for the week. And you kind of just do it. You just, yeah. you just, get to do the job and people are flying in at three o'clock in the morning and to do vocals and so you kind of um you put an awful lot of heart and effort and time into it and hopefully you reap the benefits by by putting all that in you're kind of investing into that the love has so, to be there really doesn't it to be able to do that the love has to be there mm-hmm. and you can't be cynical either like you need that that passion and that love needs to stay strong which which is easy for music but it's also easy to be cynical and upset because and, a lot of things happen a lot of it relationships but I think if you keep that childlike spirit and that kind of reason why you're in it all stays good you know and uh, uh, blood sweat and tears and uh, it'll turn out good and in the early days you got to work with Cisco Cisco yeah I did yeah the Tong <laughs> Tong Song man I absolutely um, love that <laughs> yes I, that, that was yes I remember 
that was one of those sessions in that first studio where I was the head engineer and he flew in from Milan from the MTV Awards at 3 wow. o'clock in the morning oh God. and he needed a producer and I was, uh, he came to me and uh, it was hilarious recording session, absolutely, because he brought a huge entourage of, of, uh, of people with him and it was just, I've never seen anything like that. And, and at the time been, he would have been huge. Like, oh yeah, he was everywhere. monstrous. Yeah like, yeah, like he had that song Wild Wild West with Will. Yeah, oh my God, that was such a good song. <laughs> yeah, so no, I, I, I dabbled, me, me and Cisco dabbled with each other but uh, we didn't forge a long lasting musical <laughs> relationship. We had, we had fun. Oh, I love it. And did you always want to own your own studio eventually? Was that kind of the, the end? Uh, no, no. I, I, I still don't even own a studio. So to have a studio that I work out of in Swords called the Mill mm. Studios, which is fantastic. But it's yours? No, it's not fully. No, it's not mine. I don't own it. It's my, it's my like, pad. It's my place, okay. I call it. But no, it's owned by a fantastic man called Christy Sheridan. Um, so that's he owns that. Uh, but it's where I frequent. And then I use Camden Studios in the city, mm-hmm. Brezzy Studio. And I have a mix room at home. So I like the idea of being footloose and free as well. I like because I've done quite a lot in the UK and all over Europe. So I kind of move about wherever the artist wants me to go at times. But no, my my thing was always to be just a producer and to work really closely with the artist and see could I nurture their music as, as much as possible. And I suppose when somebody comes into you, how much do you put into it? Like, will you turn around to them and go, "That's crap, don't do that," or will you kind of let them? get to that point themselves I wouldn't say it like that Louise well, you know. like day one on the training no um, <laughs> what you're kind of looking for is a spark so when someone's looking for a producer you want to make sure there's a good connection between the two people mm-hmm. and then from there you're, you're going through their songs and some songs might be brilliant but that's okay you know they're a great writer you know it's in them so it's a case of kind of going fishing you know it's, mm-hmm. it's finding what powers they have and getting them to send you as many songs as possible so when I work with a new artist I get them to send me 20, 30 songs over a couple of months mm-hmm. and uh, we kind of saved our way through it and see what's working. Um, but you, I, I, I don't think I'd ever say anything's crap, let's say. Uh, but I, I kind of highlight... <laughs> I'm just the, being, you know, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, but some people do, but I probably more highlight the positives. Yeah. So if I heard a song, I'd be like, wow, that middle eight is amazing. Not too gone on the chorus. Let's, let's, I'm going to remember that. And then there'd be another song where you go, wow, that chorus is amazing. Let's tag that middle eight from that song two months ago with this other chorus and, uh, or that vein. You might steer them and go, remember that song? I think something like that might be great. So you're kind of steering them, and that's called pre-production. Before you even touch a studio, you, you do that for a couple of weeks or months sometime where you kind of guide them through their own writing and seeing how you can facilitate them. You're quite themselves. diplomatic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose um, you I, get more out of someone being diplomatic, really, don't you? Well, do you know what? You'd be a bit of a chameleon as well because it depends on the other person's temperament. Sometimes yeah. they don't like diplomacy and they want to be told other stuff. So it depends what you need to get out of the out of the songwriter or a performer. You might have a drummer in and you might say, yeah, that's not quite right. And that mightn't suit a drummer. Sometimes you have to go in and go, that was terrible. Come on, mm. bring me everything you have. <laughs> this is your last ever performance. Just come on. So it all depends on who you're communicating with. So I think as a music producer, you're you're kind of, it's more kind of the psychology of everything as opposed to the technical abilities of the sound engineering. Mm-hmm. So you're more trying to communicate with all these different people and get a common goal. So that's where your kind of, um, yeah, psychology 101 has to come into play. And as I mentioned earlier, you've worked with the script and Codeline and loads of others. But when a song is being released, do you get nervous or excited about it? Yeah, I do. do uh, yeah, I do because they're 
they're little babies, you know, being yeah. set out in the world for people to judge them, you know, the kind of way. And you get, <laughs> it and you get, it sounds so harsh, doesn't it, really? Oh, it's tough. And then a lot of the music I work on would be quite commercial. So it would, you know, it probably wouldn't be the stuff that a lot of music journalists would love. So mm-hmm. the reviews can be quite hard at times, but yes, they get huge amount of streams or downloads. Or, so it can be, you know, you're, you're kind of listening to it, but the, your kind of favorite thing in the world is like you're standing in a garage getting wedges mm. and you hear one of the songs you produce on the radio and you just feel like, ah, it's out in the world. You're so happy. Or or it's also sometimes it's the songs that aren't the big singles that people uh, resonate with and say, oh, we had that at our wedding or this was at a funeral or this meant an awful lot to us. I think that's the thing that really gets you. That's the the biggest joy I've all seen what impact some of the songs can have with people. I was about to say the connection people have with music is another level really, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's it's the only, like, invisible art form out mm. there. So it's so tangible. Sorry, it's non-tangible in a way. Um, uh, so there's a, a deep connection with people, and it also kind of it kind of does a timestamp of their life. You you know what you're listening to in 2008. Or no, you might not know what you're listening to, but you'd hear a song, and it brings mm. you back to that yeah, time. So true. music is, is so powerful in that sense that sometimes you might work on a song and you go, yeah, that was great, fantastic, and you moved on and you might have forgotten about it. And then someone comes up to you and go, that song meant so much to me and tell that artist, uh, thank you. And you're like, wow, that's that's pretty insane. And it's, you, nice, yeah. it's, it's lovely to hear that. It's amazing. And I suppose for any bands starting out, is there any tips or suggestions you give to them? Um, yeah, like I think the number one thing is your songwriting. Mm. That's where you're going to succeed and win. So don't rest on your laurels. Don't just write four or five songs and then start looking around for producers and trying to release an EP straight away. Keep on writing. Build up a bank of songs. Get better, more proficient at that job. Be prolific at writing. Because the more you have, the more you can uh, and, and see what kind of golden nuggets you have resting there. So that's the biggest thing. And it sounds fairly obvious, but it's something that a lot of artists kind of miss in the in the early years is you're a writer you're a songwriter keep on doing that that's the that i think that's one of the biggest elements uh and then also seeing nowadays as an artist you're you're also kind of co-managing yourself co-marketing co-distributing you're doing everything so you kind of need to take a big like zoom out almost like i would think of it like on an iphone just zoom out and see the fuller picture and see what what kind of music you're doing where do you hear your kind of music because sometimes Arts will come to me and go, certain radio station isn't playing it, isn't this? I'm like, but do they play your genre anyway? Where is your mm-hmm. fan base? Where are they? Like, So make sure you're realistic on where your world is so you know how to kind of attack it and get in there. So it's really important to know what you are in a sense. Um, that's such yeah. great advice, yeah. But number one is, is songwriting because so, the music industry is a tough industry, but it is diplomatic in a sense that... Mm-hmm the good stuff will rise. I know a lot of people don't believe that, but it is like it's really good songs will kind of cut through a lot of muck and, and shout out. Yeah, so um, that's number one, right, right, right. And I suppose lastly, the whole industry at the moment is kind of on shutdown. We're all kind of yeah. waiting for live music to come back. But what can people be doing in the meantime? Well, yeah, it's, I know you're, you're speaking to, to the guys in mm-hmm. Epic as well and, Obviously, like I'm in the studio industry, but the live industry carries the burden of the whole ecosystem of the music industry. That's where all the money comes from. Mm-hmm. So when, when I record a band in the studio, they've made their money from gigging, either being playing in the Academy or the yeah. Olympia or else 
in Temple Bar doing covers gigs or whatever, that's where they are actually making their income to go spend it on photography, marketing, recording studios. So the whole ecosystem of the music industry thrives on the back of the live industry. So it's a really tough time for every facet of the industry. And what people could be doing now is buying merchandise, I think is the biggest thing to support musicians and artists in a sense on that side, because it means an awful lot more than streams, because we've all heard how little streams pay out and it's 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 pittance. And, and hopefully mm-hmm. that's going to be, there's going to be a, a tidal wave of change uh, of, yeah, a sea change. Mm-hmm. What's the phrase? Anyway, <laughs> hopefully there'll be a big change uh, and uh, in the next few years, and royalties get to have a fair balance, but merchandise means an awful lot to musicians. The artists I'm talking to means so much. People buy a T-shirt or a record or vinyl, and then also stream their music as well. Like put on like the artists you love going to bed, like play them, stream their music. It does help in the long run as well. So there are very small things you can do, especially the streaming doesn't cost you as such. Mm. Uh, but look at their merch, support them. And then when gigs come back, and there is small gigs going on, there's some really clever little concerts going on at the moment, and hopefully things will move on in the next few months and we're in a better place that we actually get to go out and support our artists because artists is one thing, but it's the people who's putting them on. There's a whole world of sound engineers, uh, lighting engineers, uh, just a big world of freelancers in this country who who supports the event industry who work in it so that's that's even a bigger thing and they've got wives and families and kids and yeah. mortgages and cars and they're professionals these aren't like just some fella throwing up a PA somewhere these are highly skilled unbelievable professionals so anytime I'm at a live gig or working with bands and I do a little bit of live stuff sometimes these guys are the best in the world the crew we have in this country yeah we definitely so, wouldn't have any of our gigs without them Oh, no, we wouldn't, no. Uh, but we wouldn't have the quality. You know, we'd have gigs, but yeah. they'd be crap. We've got amazing standard of we quality do. of concerts for a small island and the artists that come over here. And then, never mind that, if you tour the world, I've toured the world a few times with different artists, you'll meet, like, an American artist, and you'll find out that four of his crew are Irish, <laughs> you know? There's Irish Irish crew all around yeah. the world, and they, <laughs> but, they reside, but they reside in Ireland. They, we get they in everywhere, don't here. we? <laughs> they live here, they pay their taxes here, but they go on the road. Yeah. And, like, all my, a lot of my friends, I've got friends who are production managers for Snow Patrol and The Script, and people work for U2, and, you know, they're just off the road. They're yeah. just, and so it's, it's a really tough situation. It's such a shame, but I hopefully something will happen. I'm ho- I'm in hope that something will happen and something it will, will start up again. It will, absolutely, absolutely. But how yeah. can people, I suppose, get in contact with you or keep me? Uh, uh, yes, I'm on social medias and all that malarkey. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, I have a website, it's philipmcgee.com. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's easy enough to get in contact with me. Amazing. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for the chats. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Not at all. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye, Louise. Bye. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.